Hi everyone and welcome to my podcast. Today I'm going to share what it was like taking a spiritual pilgrimage with a very dear friend to the Vatican at Rome and mainly to Assisi in Italy. So the first day we landed on Christmas and we went to the Vatican the next morning and we went to St. Peter's Basilica and got right in. And St. Peter's Basilica is the heart of the church and it's built on the tomb of the hill where St. Peter was crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy, he said, to be crucified like Christ. And Jesus had said to him, Peter, Simon Peter, you'll be the rock on which I build my church. Peter was the one who denied Jesus the three times when the crow sang when he was taken captive. And so a very powerful spot upon which all this is in. So we went in there and we prayed and we looked at the beautiful, the Holy Spirit, the golden dove, like all in the front, all golden. And the Holy Spirit comes down through the dove. And we went into the crypts where the popes are buried, very powerful. And on the main level where Pope St. John Paul II and meditated and prayed the rosary in these spots. And then we went to Assisi and I had been reading about St. Francis for a couple months leading up to this in St. Clair. And he was a very powerful, magnificent saint that lived about 800 years ago. And he lived in total poverty and Assisi was the blessed city in which he lived. When he left Assisi, when he was going to die down in the hills, he said, blessed be this city, which has and will take so many people to God. So as I started learning about him, he was a perfect example of love, devotion to Christ. He There's a bishop square you can visit there where he cast off naked, cast off all his garments, took the vow of poverty. His father was angry and he said, from this point on, I only have one father, that father in heaven. And the bishop clothed him. And he went down to this little church, San Damiano, and Jesus Christ came out of the cross and spoke to him and said, Francis, rebuild my church, with which thou canst clearly see is in ruin. And he thought he meant the actual, that church, San Damiano. So he started begging and rebuilding it with, with stones that he was given. Eventually he understood that Jesus meant rebuild the spirit of my church, which is in ruin. St. Francis later went to see the Pope to get a blessing to start an order. And he looked so raggedy at first, the Pope and his people kicked him out. And then the Pope realized he had had a dream that a raggedy little man was holding the church on his shoulders, like the crumbling churches in Rome. And he realized that was St. Francis. And throughout his life, many people that would make fun of him when he was somewhere because he looked how he looked and how he dressed, then they would have dreams of Christ saying he was mine, basically, or seeing a tree grow out of the earth to God. And it was St. Francis. And so he was incredible. And he, all kinds of miracles. He healed lepers. He healed the sick. He rose people from the dead. He did all kinds of miracles. A lot of times in the Christian and Catholic faiths, not a lot of emphasis is placed on nature. But he's the saint of nature. You can see him with birds. There's a story where a wolf was attacking a town and he made friends with the wolf and told the people just leave it food and it won't attack you guys anymore and then they came to this understanding and it was okay and he was friends with the birds and even on the St. Francis trail to these caves out there which I'll get into 
there's him surrounded by the world religions on a circle, which is not normal in the Christian faith to acknowledge other religions. So very powerful being. So he lived 800 years ago and he only lived to 45 years old and he died blind and very sick. And he was, he had started these orders of, of monks and he had left Assisi a couple times to go try to preach and convert people and stuff. And the first woman that joined his order was St. Clair. So on one side of the city is St. Francis Basilica. On the other side is St. Clair's Basilica. His body's in one, hers is in the other. Extremely powerful. She ran away from home, consecrated herself. He cut her hair at this little church called Perinzicola. It's like 10 by 20 feet, but now it's built within a giant church. And Francis died in this church. It was his favorite church. And right outside of it is the spot where he died naked on the ground, crying out to God. And he consecrated Claire. And then a week later, Claire's sister, Agnes, ran too. And the parents sent knights to try and get her back. And Agnes couldn't be lifted. The knights tried to pick her up and she was like stone and they had to return without her. And they both performed many miracles. Claire broke bread like Jesus, like two loaves and fed 60 people. And once at San Damiano, the church in which St. Francis had the revelation on the cross was being attacked by invaders. St. Claire walked out very sick also with the Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist of Christ, which the sacrament is held and the invaders ran away. And so they, her and Agnes did incredible things. And so this city, it's so small and it's so holy. So we get there and the first place we go, my friend had been there before is St. Clair's Basilica. And that's where the San Damiano cross is held now because Claire and her nuns had moved to that church and, um, and they brought it there. And so in the basement of that church, is where Claire's tomb is. And the first two times I walked down there, I burst into tears because I could feel such immense love down there. And people are down there holding up pictures of their loved ones that are sick or kids or whoever up to St. Claire's tomb because it's so powerful. And the first place we went upstairs, we went into this other side room that my friend hadn't went into before and we prayed and we didn't find out till the very end of the trip that that's where Agnes is. That's where Claire's sister is also in the Basilica. Much less known Agnes and so incredible. And the San Damiano cross was in there too. And so every time we would go there in any church there, we would pray the rosary, which is a Catholic prayer that I had just started doing a couple months prior, which uses the Our Father and the Hail Mary. And there's a little more to it, but very powerful and we would pray in there. So that's in the city. And there was one day we went to St. Francis's Basilica and we went and we happened to take confession, which was not planned. And my friend, she said, if we take confession, that means at least tonight or in the morning, we should do sacrament. So we went to St. Clair's in the morning and we took the, the bread, the sacramental bread. And then we made our way up into this place he was at up in the hills. And St. Francis, I got to meditate in front of this beautiful spot where he used to sleep on these rocks because he lived so austerely. 
And then we got onto the trail and I was walking barefoot in the spirit of St. Francis. And it was incredible because he had so many maladies. And when I got to the city on the way to the train to get there for the first time in my life, my ankle was in immense pain. Like I had to get an ankle bracelet and I was limping around the city. And I felt it was really like a penance that was in the name of St. Francis. So we're on these hills and we wanted to get to this cave that we knew Meher Baba, a great Indian saint, about, well, about 80 years ago, had spent 24 hours meditating in. He said Assisi was the most powerful place in the Western world. And in this cave, he said he had a spiritual meeting, the likes of which was incredible, not known in the world. St. Francis used to meditate in this cave and so did Bernadone, his first monk. I think that was his name. And we went into the cave. We found it by miracle. So the monks that were there didn't even really know about it. And they were like, we don't think you can get there. There's like 15 caves. They said, we think the path's blocked. So people were walking different ways. Right away, we seen this place to the right that said impassable. And we came back and we decided to go around and do it. And we had went a couple places and it was supposed to be cave number 15. And we had only passed two caves and it was getting dark. And then we would have been lost out there. And we took some turn and I was with joy. I had the little Mayor Baba book that showed the cave. I was like, this is it, this is it. And we went into the cave and it was it. And there was pictures of him inside of it. And you could tell from the picture outside. And so we sang a Hanuman Chalisa in there. And we left a little picture of Neem Karoli Baba in there. And we blessed the rosaries that we had uh, for others and brought them in there. And it was a very beautiful, powerful space. And when we left, we knew we had to get back quick before it got dark. And somehow we took a wrong turn and we were back right away. And it was incredible. Very guided, very beautiful. And then when we get back to town, we were meant to go to a restaurant and we went the wrong way. And we came to this church by mistake. And it was the church that was connected to the Bishop's Palace where St. Francis had sacrificed everything. And we went in and in this church also is buried Carlos Acutis, a young saint, a boy that died at like 16 in 2005. But we go and sit down and Mind you, everything's in Italian, all the masses, everything. So we don't know Italian, so we don't know what they're saying. All of a sudden, we hear the Hail Mary said in English in the middle of this service. We didn't even realize they were praying the Hail Mary in Italian. And all of a sudden, we hear, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus Christ. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. We heard it maybe twice, and then we also heard, Oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those most in need of thine mercy. Amen. Which is part of the rosary that we had been praying this whole time and all this time leading up to it. So it was really incredible that it happened. Such a blessing. The whole day was very guided and inspired. And so there was a few other places visited in Assisi. One is San Rufino's, which is named after 
St. Francis is one of his three closest brother monks, and he was a cousin of St. Clair, and he was with her when she passed, too, I believe. She was the last, he was the last surviving, I think, of Francis' closest monks at that time. Clair passed away at 60, also very young, but older than Francis, and he was older than her, so it had been some time, 20-something years, I think, since, since he had left his body. And, uh, and at San Rufino is the place where Francis and Claire were baptized as children. And the old church is underneath it. So you can go there. You can go to a church that's built over St. Francis's childhood home. We even, on New Year's, since everyone was partying in the square and we went and we weren't really into it. And we said, let's walk around. And I forgot how we did it. But we found, barely, it was there was construction nearby, the little passageway of St. Francis's first monk's home, the little doorway, where Francis had stayed the night, and this man had went to see he wasn't in bed at night, and he was outside, I believe, by a rock, praying to God, praying to Christ, weeping, I believe, and that's what converted this monk. So these spots were very sacred. So then down in the valley, you go to San Damiano. That's where St. Clair and her monks lived. That's where Jesus appeared to Francis on the cross. And these monks were cloistered. They lived inside of this. There's a little like garden in the middle of it, not very big. They couldn't leave. And there's the spot where St. Clair left her body right on this old floor in the corner. I'm not sure if a bed was there at the time or not but very sacred space. And then there was Porzinacolo where St. Francis left his body and where him and the monks lived and it was so small and so powerful and like I said, built within this giant church. So all these very sacred sites are in Assisi and the message I kept getting while I was there, I had read it in Meher Baba's book when St. Francis had spoken to someone else there, was to the end and to the perfection. That's what I kept hearing. That's what we're called for, to the end and to the perfection. And then he kept saying everything, 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 that we have to embrace everything, to the end, to the perfection, to eternal life, to enlightenment, to the body of light that you can see on that poster behind. He said, to the end and to the perfection, everything, everything, everything. So he was so incredible of a being, so powerful, him and Claire, so humble. He was a lion in the disguise of a poor little man. That's what they used to say. And when you can read the stories about him, just his devotion, and the prayers and the whole energetic power of the Franciscan hospitals and the Franciscan monks and orders all comes from him, from them, from Assisi and its power. So what is the value of visiting? People have asked me before about visiting India or other places. What's the value of going to a holy place? Isn't God within your heart? Yes, of course, God is within your heart, but there are special places on the earth that are very powerful and useful to your sadhana, to your spiritual practice. Places permeated 
with love, with the energy of saints, which with great blessings, right? You could say, yes, God is equally in my heart when I'm in a church or if I was in an alley shooting heroin. But being in that alley shooting heroin is probably not going to be conducive to the growth of your soul, right? So there is known throughout religious history the importance of pilgrimage sites. The Muslims do it with Mecca. The Christians do it with the Holy Land, with Israel, the parts of Jerusalem, with Assisi itself. The Hindus do it with many sites in India and the surrounding countries. So all traditions have known the power of pilgrimage. It also is an austerity, a penance, a removing of karma, a removing of obstacles of sin by taking the trips to these sites for these purposes of devotion. And then it gets powered by all the beings that go there in love, that come there in love, that go there to be reminded of God. So to my understanding, there's a huge benefit which you can tangibly feel, know, and realize in that. I mean, it's almost like, for me, it was almost like being in a movie, the way things were synchronizing, the way beautiful teachings were coming. The whole time we were so in the spirit of the Virgin Mary, of Mother Mary, and watching movies about her appearances at Fatima and about what St. Pope John Paul II said about her and praying the Hail Mary. And we were getting many messages from the dove, which represents the Holy Spirit and the Eucharist, the holy spot, which, which is the Christ in the church where the sacraments are held, either in a golden type box usually or a little thing in the wall that can open and close. And so we lit candles and we prayed rosaries and we hung out with God. And it was very deep transformation. And it is a penance and an austerity to even travel. That's what Neem Karoli Baba, my guru, used to say about India when the Americans would come. He said they came such a long way. They had to give up so much to get here. And so in our prayer and in our devotion, God sees us and we are purified and we come closer into the light and into the spirit. And I speak this because I was somewhere yesterday at a certain kind of meeting where a few people talked about not believing in spirit or not knowing or this and that. And some others had incredibly powerful shares. But for me, and what I shared there is, when you touch the spaces of God, of love, like I did in St. Clair's Basilica in the basement. And I sobbed those tears of uncontrollable love. That is the purification. When things like that happen, there's no more doubt or no more wondering or no more, do you think that's real? Or no more even having to play with those ideas, right? And that spirit is open to each and every one of us. So traveling to these sites can be very powerful for sure. And I would definitely encourage it. We also may be leading trips back there in the future, maybe in the coming years. So thank you so much for listening to this, for checking it out. Maybe it inspired you to visit Assisi or to learn more about St. Clair and St. Francis and Jesus or 
other pilgrimage sites and other spiritual paths that you are interested in. So thank you so much for joining me. Please comment any questions, any comments anyone might have. Thank you so much. And in these ending words of St. Francis, to the end and to the perfection, everything, everything.